Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I hope everyone is having such a lovely Friday. Oh, do I love Fridays. Fridays are extra special right now because I am running my Powerfully Single program every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, and we had our first call last Friday, and today is our second call, and I'm just loving this program. It is such an honor to be able to teach people about all that I have learned in my time being single since doing this work. I have been single throughout the entirety of these two years of deep nervous system healing, which has felt like such a gift from the universe because some of us need to be in relationships to do some deep healing. Some of us are meant to learn how to be alone, right? Those of us that are really good at being alone, but have more fear of being in a relationship versus those of us more comfortable being in a relationship than being alone. Sometimes there's fear of both, right? And so, yeah, just being able to guide this amazing group of people in how to become their most embodied, connected, powerful single selves. And it's been super special. So if you are listening to this and you are single and you are wanting to feel less shame around it, less fear around it, more embodied, like more just enjoying your time being single, email me, DM me, let's get you into Powerfully Single. It is such a powerful program, hence the name. (laughs) So today I want to talk to you guys about staying power. So staying power is a term that you might've heard of in the wellness and coaching world around manifestation when you have really clear desires and goals and you have to be patient in releasing the how and the when and all of that and continuing to come back to the present, continuing to take the inspired action and having the staying power that even when things don't happen, even when no one signs up for your program, even when you don't get that raise that you want at work, even when that cutie at the coffee shop doesn't ask you out yet. Even when things look like they're not working, faith is believing that they're working anyway. But today I want to talk more specifically about staying power when it comes to trauma and relating to to staying power, what that really means from a trauma-informed perspective. Because oftentimes we hear about you know, staying power and like just being patient with your manifestations as they come into the physical. But what we don't talk about is why it can feel so unsafe to have that staying power. And I had a personal example come up and I was reflecting a lot on this and realizing like how I used to relate to my manifestations compared to how I'm relating now. And when those old ways of relating come up, It allows me to reflect on, oh, this is just my trauma. This is just my fear. So for example, I have gotten to a place where 
the town I'm living in, for those of you who don't know, I'm from New York. I moved from New York to San Diego, August, 2019. So I just had my four-year anniversary of living in San Diego. Woo-hoo! And San Diego was my dream. I didn't know it was my dream until I moved here, but I always knew my soul wanted to be in California. Then I visited my friend in grad school, felt it was love at first sight, fell in love with San Diego. And here I am. And what happens is we can attach on to things. So because I love San Diego now, I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine wanting to live anywhere else. And so that happened with the town I'm living in. I love the town that I'm living in. And recently I've been feeling this nudge to move, which is really interesting because the landlord or the owner of my apartment building, he, there's been a lot of kind of controversy over him because he's been turning a lot of the properties into Airbnbs. So in my complex, they've already turned one of the apartments um, into an Airbnb. For those that know the, I like to say famous, because if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, he's famous in my eyes on the pod. He is the, the neighbor that I was anxiously attached to. Maybe one day I'll ask if I can share his name, but for now he's just referred to as the the cute neighbor that I was anxiously attached to. So his apartment is now an Airbnb. So when he moved and they put they made his apartment into an Airbnb, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to turn the whole complex into an Airbnb. But then I had another neighbor move out and they rented that one out. So I was like, okay, maybe we're good. Anyway, long story short, when all this was happening, I was like, I'm not ready to move. I don't want to move. I fucking love my apartment. Like, it's a dream. And I felt the same way around many other things, but especially around um, dating and relationships where I was like, nope, not ready, not ready, not ready. And then I was like, oh, okay. I hear you, universe. Maybe I am ready. (laughs) And so we have to remember that when the universe starts giving us signs of the next chapter. So for me, it was giving me signs that I was meant to start dating soon. I was pulling the beloved card a lot. I was just feeling, I was seeing different signs that was leading me to opening my heart again to dating. Because I have very much enjoyed being alone and I very much do enjoy being alone. And so, yeah, I had to really open my heart to that idea. And then the same thing with this, when I was getting signs around, oh, they might be turning it into Airbnb. I don't want to move. And so far, they're not turning it, air, turning it into an Airbnb. And my landlady even said that they're not going to. But it's interesting because when we start getting these signs and then we start feeling resistance, oftentimes it's just a matter of timing where at that time when you're getting the sign and you feel that resistance, It's not, the thing is not meant to happen yet, but it's meant to start kind of percolating in your mind so that you can sit with the resistance and be like, oh, okay, let me prepare for what the universe has in store for me because we can't control it, right? I could say, oh, I don't want to move or I don't want to date, but then if the love of my life walks in tomorrow, what am I going to do? Be like, no, sorry, I don't want to date. No, fuck that. I'm going to be like, hello, nice to meet you. (laughs) It's the same thing with apartments or moving. I'm so attached to my apartment right now because I love it. But what if the universe wanted to grant me with one even more amazing? This or something better, this or something better, this or something better. That is our mantra, always. So I then really started to feel like kind of a few months later, because again, the timing, the universe is always like a few steps ahead of us. So it's like preparing us. 
And then finally I got to this place where I was like, okay, I'm ready to start thinking about moving. And what happens here is that historically when I get ready for something, whether it's a partner, an apartment, a career, uh, whatever, I go full in. I'm like, let's fucking go. One, because I'm someone that is just super passionate about creating a dream life, a life beyond my wildest dreams and helping others do the same and showing others what's possible. And because I can easily get attached to fantasy, I can easily get attached to that dopamine hit of apartment shopping, of dating apps, of all these things. So that's where the trauma-informed part of the manifestation process comes in, which is so important because you can hear about staying power all day long, but if you're not understanding why you're having trouble staying and holding your power and holding your faith and holding your belief, you're not actually going to be able to look at the root of what's happening. So for me, it's this combination of when I get excited, it can almost form, it can turn into this sneaky form of dysregulation where it's like, I get on this mission and this high and I'm like, let's go. And it's funny because even when I joined my, the gym that I used to be a part of, it was like, this gym that I had been waiting to be able to afford, I was like, okay, just one more client and I can afford this gym or, you know, one more, whatever. And I can, afford. and it's like, I finally get to the gym and I was going every day, every day. And my mentor and I were boxing and she was like, I'm a little nervous about you joining this gym because I need you to stay grounded because what would happen is I would get so excited, right? When we talk about emotion regulation, oftentimes we just hear about the dysregulating, uh, form of experiencing challenging emotions. We don't oftentimes talk about the type of dysregulation that occur that can occur with exciting emotions. And so for me, I really had to notice like part of healing my BPD symptoms was noticing and monitoring my moods. I have a podcast episode on this as well. If you haven't listened to that, definitely recommend go back. So when you're feeling really excited, it can feel like this high, like, oh my God, I'm going to find this dreamy apartment going on Zillow every night, da, da, da. And I have to be the one to notice when I'm getting ungrounded, when I'm staying up too late, when I'm avoiding the present. So why would we want to avoid the present, you may ask? Why would we feel safer to attach on to either the low lows or the high highs of life? when our moods get dysregulated, it's because the present requires staying power with the unknown. The present requires actually doing the work it takes to get to where you want to be. And so I can do all the apartment searching I want, but if I'm forcing something out of excitement or desire, it's not coming from a grounded place. And then I'm gonna get to that new apartment and I'm gonna crash right? Because it's like high on excitement, high on life. And then it's like, then my inner child is going to start throwing a temper tantrum because she's sleep deprived. So part of relating from our most powerful adult selves is really learning how to monitor our moods, how to become more emotionally regulated. And it's funny because like people would always look at me and be like, oh my God, she's so emotionally sound. She's so emotionally intelligent. And yes, I was always way more emotionally intelligent than I was book smart or, you know, I struggled with math a lot in school. 
And like, you know, I made it through. I got my master's. I did pretty well for myself. But what people don't realize is even if you are emotionally intelligent, it doesn't mean you're not human with your own trauma, with your own dysregulation. It's just like a doctor who needs to go to a doctor or a dentist who needs to go to the dentist. It's like, we are all human. So even though this is my profession and people look at me and like, oh, well, even Rachel gets dysregulated, but she does this for a living. Like this is, she's a healer. She's a therapist. She's a coach, all this stuff, but it's like, I'm human. And so what a huge part of the Rachel Kelly coaching brand is, is relatability. It's humanness, it's connection, it's authenticity, it's let's release shame by, and not avoid shame. We need to feel safe to be with shame because shame can feel really scary for us. But when we're able to be with the shame and not make it mean anything about us, that's when we set ourselves free. Because I know for me personally, I would always rather give my, my money, time and energy to someone who is walking the walk, who can relate to my human experiences. When my mentor says things like, oh yeah, I used to have those symptoms too, or I, you know, had some dysregulation too, or I felt that way too. It's like, oh yeah, like we're all just human, right? And that's not to avoid the shame. It's to normalize that we all have shame that we try and run away from. We all have dysregulation at times. Dysregulation can show up in a variety of different ways. Dysregulation can when you don't feel safe to express any emotion. So you're overly controlled with your emotions, or you can have dysregulation like me, where sometimes I get under controlled with my emotions. So you can be on either end. So I work with a lot of couples and the couple say, well, how come my partner just always has it together and they never are the one to explode because they are repressing because they have not felt safe to explode or even feel their feelings because they are overly controlled. And I've experienced this in pretty much every one of my relationships. As a, as a historically anxiously attached person, I would attract people where my dysregulation was much more out there and loud and like crying and fear and yelling and upset. And then my partner's dysregulation would be like, shut down, introvert, contract, cave in, hide, and so to the outside, it would look like, well, why, why is he so much more able to regulate his emotions? No, it's because he's avoiding his emotions. He's repressing his emotions. He doesn't feel safe to even have emotions because he's so preoccupied with dealing with my emotions, which is a mirror of probably his childhood where he had to be the one where he was okay when his parents were having emotions. So it always goes back to childhood. Anytime someone's like, oh, I don't think this is a childhood thing. It's always a childhood thing because your adult self feels safe to be in the present. Your adult self has the staying power to believe that whatever you are manifesting, it is not yours to control the timing of the how, when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? Your most powerful adult self knows that your job is to get clear on what you desire, what you need, and practice giving that to yourself while communicating it clearly without control or expectation or outcome with other people. That was a huge learning lesson for me. I can express my needs, but it is not mine to expect. It's not up to, it's not something where I'm then going to expect that, right? I can express it, but I'm not going to expect it. I'm going to release control around it and give the person a chance to meet me. 
And if they can't, then I get to choose how to relate to that. So when we have staying power from our most adult powerful selves, it's like, oh, I know I want a baby. I want the marriage. I want the dream career. I want the next aligned client. I want that new business. I want that new opportunity. Can I stay connected to my belief around this? Can I stay connected to any fear or shame or doubts or not believing in myself that is needing to be tended to and processed so that I can attract and become an energetic match for what I want that much more quickly? When we are relating to staying power, which again, once we're relating to this period of unknown from a place of inner child, we're not actually having staying power. Staying power is only able to be had when you are relating from your adult self. When you are relating from your inner child, you don't have staying power. You try and control, you try and predict, you try and attach, you try and figure it out you have a need to know. And so for me, I had to really look at when I started apartment searching, I had to look at how much of this feels grounded and intentional versus how much of it is me chasing a dopamine high, because that feels easier and safer than sitting my ass down and building my business, right? Creating my new offers that I'm, I'm birthing out into the world, sitting down and recording this podcast. I didn't feel like sitting down and recording a podcast today. I almost didn't. I even told my VA, eh, I might not get to it because I have a podcast episode that comes out every Friday. It's Thursday evening right now. And I'd rather be watching the new Sex in the City, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm sitting here holding myself accountable because part of staying power is understanding that you have to do your part. You don't just sit around and stay and wait you every single day come back to the present and do the hard things because you know that when you do that, the outcome is inevitable. The outcome is inevitable with belief and inspired action and staying power, not tapping out from what you desire, not starting to question it, staying connected to what you want, what you desire, what you believe, and understanding that you're not going to be tapped in 24 seven, you're human. You're not going to want to manifest when you are processing trauma and pain and in a dysregulated state, because we are always manifesting. We're either manifesting more of the experiences we don't want, or we're attracting more of the experiences we do want. So if you're in a dysregulated childlike state and you're like, well, I just want to manifest, you know, my oceanfront home. You can't energetically attract an oceanfront home if your nervous system is in survival mode. So you first have to tend to that terrified inner child, breathe into your body, be with those sensations for you to anchor back to safety. And then when you're in a place of safety, that is the state that you are in, that you want to be in when you then want to lean into faith and belief and vision and taking that inspired action. But if you're taking it from a place of trying to control or force things, like if I'm running around going to all these apartment showings of apartments that I can't afford yet, and then I get grounded, I'm like, wait, why am I rushing out of my apartment? I fucking love my apartment. It's like new shiny object syndrome. I actually love my apartment, just like I love my alone time. So it would have to take, and I'm not saying I wouldn't have alone time in a relationship, but it would have to take an apartment even greater than the one that I'm in now 
for me to want to take the time, energy, and money to move again. It would take meeting someone even more amazing than what my alone time or being single could offer me. What they would have to offer me would need to be the cherry on top of what I already have. So it's the same thing in every relationship. Our relationship to our homes, our relationships to each other, our relationships to our phones, our relationships to ourselves, our relationships to our desires, our needs, everything. If we are not connected to ourselves and we are coming from this ungrounded place of just hopping from one thing to the next and grasping on, that is your inner child. And that means you need to get more still and more clear in what she needs. I just had a boxer conversation with a client where we were talking about owning your needs and desires because the more that you try and pretend that you don't have any, the more that little you will come out screaming trying to get their needs met. But if you just own, yeah, I have this need, not using it as an excuse to then behave like a child, owning and taking full radical responsibility of your, of your behavior while also understanding, oh, I actually need this right now. That's part of giving little me that reparative experience. So when you are in the present and you're wanting to be patient between this, you know, in the space of unknown of I'm here, but I want to be here. As Melanie Lair says, it's one foot in gratitude, one foot in desire, because if you are so focused on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, it's never enough. It's never enough. You're never going to be happy. Never. But if you can allow yourself to land in the present and like, for me, that required me to take a moment and be like, oh, I love my apartment. What do I love about it? I love the open windows. I love the way I've decorated it. I love this little nook of an office that I built in this little corner of my living room because I don't have an office yet. And the more I can feel gratitude for this, the more that I can relate to this idea of moving from a place of I'm working towards overflow, abundance, where the next place is going to be even better but I don't need that. I desire it, but only when it's coming from a place of alignment, not forcing roundedness. And because I'm, be I'm doing the work needed to become an energetic match for it. Because what happens is then we get to the place we've always wanted to be, and we don't take a moment to celebrate it. I just talked about this in my men's group. Like my client did this big move and then he was focused on like accomplishing all these other things. And it's like, can we just take a moment to celebrate, celebrate the fact that you are landing here and remembering, like you guys have seen on Instagram a million times, where you are currently is where your past self manifested you to be. So can we take a moment to honor that rather than being like the next, the next, the next, the next, because listen, we don't have control over the how or the when. We don't have control over most things in life. The only thing we have control over is how we choose to relate to the things out of our control. And so the universe is not going to give us more of what we want if we're continuing to relate to what we already have from this place of not even being grateful or appreciative of it, but of just like constantly wanting more. And so if you are relating in that place, you know that it's coming from a trauma response of not feeling safe to just land in the goodness of now. 
not feeling safe to land in the present moment, in the safety of the present moment of now. This doesn't mean you can't acknowledge things that you desire or changes that you want to make. Absolutely. I desire to live oceanfront. I desire to live in at least a two bedroom where I have an office. I desire to always have more than enough overflow and money to be able to create the life I want. But if I bypass the unknown, if I bypass this period where I can develop staying power, I am depriving myself. I am missing a massive opportunity to be growing and deepening my relationship with faith, deepening my connection to myself, my mission, my passion, my purpose, and not actually getting the most out of each present moment. So when you do not feel safe to be in the present, that means there is some unprocessed pain in your body that's taking you back into the past or future tripping into the future. And so we have to come back to the present, put our hands on our bodies, breathe, get still, and just notice what comes up. It is in stillness that we process pain. It is in relationship that we process pain. Doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship. It means that we need co-regulation. So even if this podcast episode is your co-regulation, I literally told my mastermind ladies that the other week or the other day, I was like, play my podcast in the background. Let me co-regulate with you. And my client was like, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> and the other one was like, I'm watching true crime. And it's like, well, yeah, no wonder you're anxious. Right. So like we need co-regulation. We are attachment-based creatures. We need to feel safe to land in the present. So even if it's listening to me telling you right now, you are safe. You are safe to land in the present. What you desire desires you back. It is only a matter of time. It is only a matter of you feeling safe to put in the work, to take the inspired action, to change what you want to change, to create what you want to create. And if you're not happy with something in life, you have so much power to change it, but you need to come back to the present and take it day by day, moment by moment, taking the inspired action feeling the feelings that are needing to be processed. And that is how you become an energetic match. Not just by thinking happy, shiny thoughts, not just by, you know, like, yes, as the manifestation coaches in the world talk about all the time, imagining how it would feel if it were already here now. Absolutely. And that requires processing pain, processing trauma, because you can't really feel safe to land in those feelings of like, oh my God, I have my oceanfront home. If the idea of that fucking terrifies you, how am I going to manage a home? How am I going to have enough money of that? If your thoughts automatically go to those survival mode thoughts, that means your nervous system is in survival mode because our nervous systems create our mindsets, not the other way around. It's bottom up, not top bottom. So the way that you will know if you are truly developing staying power is if you feel safe to be in the present, if you feel safe to take the inspired action, if you feel safe to release the control around the when, the how, all of the things, the attaching onto the way it should go, rather than opening your mind up to the world of possibilities that it could go in even better ways than your human mind could imagine. And that is why my mission is to create and help others create a life beyond your wildest dreams. Because your dreams, like if I say, oh, my dream life is to live oceanfront, and to be as healthy as possible and as healed as possible and just to like travel and live my best life, that's beautiful. I can create that. But what if the universe has something even better in store? Like my dream is to travel, but what if the universe 
allows me to travel to someplace I can't even think of right now. And maybe it's to travel, you know, first class all the time. And I didn't even think that was possible. What if my dream is to live oceanfront, but beyond my wildest dream could be to live oceanfront in a, a beach that I didn't even know existed or in a house that is even better than what my vision board has on it. Right. So we just want to not try and figure it out, attach control. We want to breathe and open ourselves up to the world of possibilities and magic that exists. Because when you believe in magic, when you tap into magic, life gets to be so much more enjoyable, but we have to feel safe to be able to receive the magic. The universe only can deliver us what we feel safe to receive. So if you are not quite at that place yet, where you are able to have staying power, there is no shame in that. I am still developing that myself. There are times where I'm really good at just like coming back to the present, releasing control. And then there are other times where I'm like fucking impatient because my generator ass gets impatient. I'm like, let's fucking go. And then I'm like, nope, come back. Come back to your beautiful life that you have right now. And that this was a manifestation. This right behind me, if you're watching this on YouTube, this was my manifestation for moving to San Diego. And now this is hanging in my San Diego apartment. Now I'm ready to move. And so I bought four images, photographs from this photographer. I'm showing them if you're watching this on YouTube, where I'm probably going to hang these as part of my manifestation. And without knowing, I picked out those photographs from the town that I want to move to. And so even with that, I'm like, okay, I think I want to move here. What if the universe introduces a town that's even greater, even better, even a more aligned fit? Oh my God, my hair is doing wild things underneath these microphones. I mean, headphones. So the point is, is that it's about coming back to you. So for me, I'm going to be viewing an apartment this weekend because it feels in alignment and it's helping me get an idea of the neighborhood, the pricing, like what I'm looking for. I'm like exploring, right? But the old me would have been like, I need to sign a lease now. Like I would have been so impatient. And that's because I'm wanting to be in a place that I'm not. Like I want to be able to afford the oceanfront home and I can't do that yet. Right now I can only afford a one bedroom apartment. Before I used to not be able to afford a one bedroom apartment, I would have to have roommates. So we always want to keep it in perspective. Always want to meet ourselves where we're at always want to stretch the nervous system, dream a little bigger than the day before, while also releasing the timeline, the attachment, and knowing that it's all unfolding exactly as it's meant to. So keep coming back to that and keep working to keep leaning into that staying power. What would it feel like to have staying power? What would it feel like to have such a deep relationship with faith that you know that everything is happening for you, not to you? And I know that can be a painful one when trauma happens, but our trauma is meant to help us grow, help us heal, help us break generational patterns of trauma. So if you are the cycle breaker of your family like I am, I deeply empathize with how hard that can feel sometimes. And it is such an honor and a gift and it's a responsibility that you don't want to take lightly. So my loves, I believe that is it. If you are single and ready to mingle or ready to mingle with yourself, 
hop into Powerfully Single. I'd love to have you. If you enjoyed this episode, please, 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 it would mean the world to me to leave a review on iTunes with your feedback. I love feedback. Absolutely love it. I'm here to serve you guys. I'm here to spread this work. And by you spreading this podcast, it allows other people to heal and feel and feel it to heal it. So thank you guys for being here. Reach out. We are also enrolling for the next round of the men's group coming up soon. So reach out about that. And um, yeah, let me know if you are ready to dive into all the things. I have so many beautiful ways to jump into this work. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Because if you weren't, I probably wouldn't have as much motivation to show up today. But I'm like, you know what? Even if one person listens to this, it's worth it. Even an an example with staying power, even if no one listens to this, but let's say I record it even when I didn't want to and a person listens to it 10 years from now, it's still worth it because you showing up for you, not waiting for other people to show up. You show up for you every single day. Connect to yourself. Do it for you, knowing that it will help others in the meantime. Because when you are connected to you, that is how the healing domino effect happens. All right. Love you guys. I will stop rambling. See you on the next episode. Bye.